Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast, and our third installment of the Dear Brother Watch Along. My name is Vrai Kaiser. I am the managing content editor at Anime Feminist. You can find me and my freelancing on Twitter at Writer Vry. Uh, I'm on locked right now for life reasons, but you can go ahead and do a follow request. I'll probably approve you. Or you can find the uh, podcast I co-host about trash and failed media at Trash Pod. I'm Chiaki Hirai, one of the editors for Anafem. You can find me at at Chiaki747 or at Animated Empress on Twitter. Uh, my main is locked, but more people follow me on there for some reason. By the way, you are welcome to add me on there as well. You just have to pass one, are you a robot question, which is you give me a DM. No one seems to do this to me. <laughs> oh, I failed that question. <laughs> oh, you're fine. I know who you are. <laughs> um, my name is Mercedes, and I am also a staff editor at Anime Feminist, as well as a Japanese to English localization and translation editor. Um, I am, I, maybe I work too hard, but I love working. And you can find me talking about work on Twitter at Pixelated Lenses. Um, I also share a lot of pictures of food. I love food. Mm, food is so good. Hi, I'm Diana. I do not work for Anime Feminist, but I do happen to love old and tragic shoujo. So here I am as the local expert for how this series goes. Oh God, please save me. I'm on Twitter <laughs> at, at Silence Drowns. And uh, if, you're, if I happen to be locked at the time, don't worry, I'll probably approve you as long as you are not an obvious bigot. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love the internet. The internet, so good. You know what Not else? a mistake at all. You know what else I love? The show. The show. The show. <laughs> By the way, I. I will make sure to include it so that it will be in the show notes for this. But if you have sat here during the past two recordings thinking, hey, Oscar Ray, doesn't that sound familiar? Yes, that is on purpose. Apparently, uh, Hideki Anno was a big fan of Dear Brother, like passionately. And there is a better than average chance that, in fact, Asuka and Ray are named after Sanjusama. <laughs> That's really fast. Okay, so now I got. So how like, I did of not all the know people, that. Like of all the people, like why, why that? Why her? Because she's extra, and I love my daughter. I mean, that's fair. She has so many bad decisions. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> she really does. Uh, top of the order, house cleaning stuff. We always like to start these episodes with any additional content warnings. Uh, so this stretch continues the issues with bullying and gaslighting around uh, mainly Fukiko and everything that she's involved with. And also, Diana, you wanted to call out another specific moment with flashing lights. Yes. In episode 18, there is a brief scene that has some pretty intense flashing going on when Nanako smokes a cigarette. I think it's to the level you'll probably be okay if you're just kind of half looking at the screen, but it got pretty intense and I was like, woo, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I distinctly remember having to look away because it, it, it hurts. Yeah, just eye pain. It is, yeah, it is pretty intense, even if you don't have to worry about uh, light triggering. It is just kind of a painful uh, scene to look at in general. Uh, I also started putting up here in the housekeeping section just stuff about flower language because I've been trying to keep track of it, but I'm just not good at recognizing flowers, especially when they are approximated through animation. I counted at least three different kinds of lilies, which I am now keeping track of just for me. <laughs> I mean, lilies, definitely no implications there. It's not like the Japanese word for lily is a genre or anything. Wink wall. It just kills me that this is before it was, because th this is back when they were still called les comics. So every time I see a lily in this show, I lol. 
there there are so many lilies in this show <laughs> maybe the only person who doesn't like lilies is tomoko because i think she might be the only straight person at this school <laughs> like when you have to be the lone heterosexual <laughs> the larry butts of dear brother oh god <laughs> except that tomoko is good i regret immediately oh, this comparison i was gonna say my sweet daughter like <laughs> the savior I mean... of the show is so good <laughs> Yeah, Tomoko is probably more like uh, uh, Dragon Girlfriend's uh, one straight roommate roommate friend. <laughs> Wait, there's a yeah. straight person on Dragon Girlfriend. Wait, yeah, am I well, thinking I'm Dragon th- Maid? I- no, Oops. no, it's it's a web comic. Whoops, mm. <laughs> wrong series. That's on me. It's okay. Turns out to be bi anyway, but anyway, it's okay. See, they're all heterosexual. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I believe there will. I also think I counted uh, asters during Kaoru's uh, dream sequence and uh, water lilies during the the park date. And a whole bunch of white roses. So many white roses. And red roses. The roses with Fukiko get kind of over the top. No. Yeah? Fukiko, I mean, like, she's having a kind of breakdown and she snaps a rose in half. Like, that's not saying anything. I think it's interesting because she snaps a white rose specifically and that's pretty poignant, y'all. That's pretty poignant. Mm-hmm. Like, bless them for spending episodes and episodes with all of this secondary flower imagery and then it decided for several episodes to just do roses which are easy mode flower language just for me they've done this for me it's good uh so henry shows back up in this batch of episodes we didn't actually talk about him in the first episode uh and he wasn't in the second batch so i guess we should spend some time on him before we get into the other characters that i care about more (laughs) like i mean i tried to bring him up a little bit but y'all don't like him so we we ignored him um I'm curious, like, he's reading all of the letters Nanako's sending him, right? Like, he knows what's going on, right? Yeah, that's... It it seems like he does. I feel like he's trying to not bring things up in real life to her much, just because he's worried about how awkward it might seem. Like, I'm not going to attribute malice to him. He's just, like doing his thing, and I guess he actually does seem like a nice enough guy to not want to make the awkward teenager feel more awkward. Mm-hmm. He, he he does seem like he's meant to be the dream of, what if there was an adult man in this world who didn't <laughs> suck? But you, I think you also get the impression from him that he's kind of discounting a lot of this as teens being teens, not in an intentionally... Uh, diminishing way but just you know being a teenager is melodramatic a lot of the time and i think probably some of that he's accurate about and some of that he's maybe downplaying more than uh, is called for in this particular set of circumstances yeah I, mm-hmm. I do think him the reading of him kind of downplaying things like is really kind of reflective of how a lot of like issues surrounding in this case like socialized cis women like and how how kind of fraught a lot of relationships when you are a teenager feel like you know i i didn't at all go to a private school but like i remember in public school the kind of social dynamics and the intensity of female friendships kind of felt a lot like this and it got played off as melodrama but like you know, for Nanako and the world she's inhabiting, like, it is very real. And there are some things that, like, also maybe an adult should say, hmm, that's not pretty great. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. That's not good, Nanako. <laughs> I have some more thoughts about Henmi and the way he acts that you will find out more about. I mean, he definitely probably is also carrying around his own trauma because his dad was just like, good work with that, son. I did get a new family, so good luck. Uh, and as near as I can tell, he spent the rest of his adolescence hanging out with the Ichinomiya family, which would permanently skew your ability to recognize and uh, do anything about trauma and fucked up family dynamics. Yeah. Entire family Fair. needs therapy. <laughs> Dear brother, but the cast got sent to therapy. <laughs> it's that book meme. I will say, 
this is the part of the episode uh, where I make oblique references to Utena and try my best not to be spoilery. I don't trust Takeshi as far as I can throw him. He drives a top-down car too fast. Oh, I get what you're implying there. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make my call now that uh, this man has been sexually abusing his sister and Fukiko is, while also being horrible, trying to protect Ray from him. That is my shot in the dark. Okay. You know, I that, hear you saying a... this. I will say nothing. Okay. Very well. Okay. It is acknowledged. Honestly, um, when when Takeshi was you know coming down to talk about Nanako to Fukiko, I was like, is he like gaslighting her? Is this like a thing? Like, is this a gaslighting? That was my first in you know, uh, first thought. <laughs> Something is not right there, and I, I do actually find the scenes with Henmi and Takeshi kind of interesting because they are so comparatively quiet to the to the school melodrama and yet they're very also kind of ominous maybe just by just by contrast yeah Mm. i i get what you mean like Mm. you the fact it also that they are tied to the rest of this cast kind of leaves you wondering what on earth is going to be coming up next there's there's something so nonchalant but also deeply not right about Takeshi lying about visiting Ray that I keep sticking on I don't know why it's probably nothing but it t- I, I keep sticking know, on it I, I think it would be easy to say it's probably nothing but Dear Brother thus far has not been the kind of show that lays something down without picking it back up um, and and I don't think it's probably nothing I think it's going to be something something with a capital S mm-hmm Speaking of Ray, I'm so proud of oh, my daughter. She oh my makes God. Me when so Ray sad. laughed any time during this arc, I was like, "Oh, sweet baby, you're mm. happy." You're I happy. love Ray. Hey. I love Ray so much. I want Ray to be happy, and I, I still very much want her and Kaoru to do a smooch. <laughs> Although speaking of Kaoru, that whole thing with Mariko crushing on her—oh, that it's was so good. It's so good. so cute. It's so- I- I was just screaming in to- inside the entire time when their base Mariko's getting teased for having a crush on her, and instead of go instead of doing what you would expect from anime at the time and going like ah, I could never have a crush on another girl, Mariko just goes straight for. Ah, but she's so unfeminine. You think I'd have a crush on that? And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I am strictly a femme for femme lesbian. She looks I like a just, dude. No, I was, just, I was like, like cry laughing. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Everyone is so gay. Oh, Everyone is just straight up wanting to smooch. Like, Sauron Girls Academy is really putting in the girl, like, putting the girl into lesbianism. It is just like, fims, loving fims. And honestly, we stand. Mm-hmm. It's great. Now, now, there's also a butch and a dandy here. And they're I good and I support because them. because that is erasure of some very good spectrum representation of all the beautiful forms of lesbianism. Does Nanako count yeah, as a Oh, foot? absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to get so defensive about that, but yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Her looks are all good, and I love They're them. So good. We did touch on in episode one that this show was... Or maybe the manga more so, and then the show, you know, in addition to that, was very much a predecessor to the Class S genre. And boy, is that all over the place in this one. With, like, on the one hand, the love confessions between uh, Karu and Mariko, and even between Rei and Nanako, although, boy, there's stuff to dig into there. Uh, (laughs) Like, it's all really normalized that obviously they would have crushes on these very cool upperclassmen girls because... Because, of course, but at the same time, there's that walled garden mentality where it's as there's the quiet assumption that I don't even think Tomoko is meant to be even unconsciously malicious here in how she's framed that, like, obviously, if you could be around men, you would want to date one of them. And that's always going to take precedence. You know, it like with Mariko being very threatened by Henmi existing, even when Tomoko tries to say that, no, no, it's, she's, he's like her brother. It, it, it is a very, like, as a very lug vibe about it. And it made me think of like my own kind of high school experience of like, you know, it's all right to experience this, 
within this certain period of time. But like, you know, you're going to have to grow up and like that this is just not something you can do in society. And it's really, there's this heightened effect because like you do have these two young women who confess and are mm-hmm. like, I have this crush, like I have these feelings, but also I'm just like, oh, well, these feelings get to carry on outside of Ceyron or who knows? I thought it was really interesting in the scene where Mariko is meeting Kaoru at the end of the hospital that the word Nanako chooses to use to describe the kind of love is koi and not, and that was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're going there. Which is actually pointed out in the, that uh, whole um, English lesson as well. Yeah. It's like, you, I would use, mm. you know, love rather than like, you know, affection. Yeah, that translation scene is so interesting in how it it deliberately plays with ambiguity of language and poeticism and connects it back to the feels. This series is so good. It is. It is. So I have to good, take a actually. moment to take like a small dig at the at the subs on Retro Crush because like that scene in question was ruined for me because at some point the sub said who was him and I was like what who was him I think it was like continuing into another scene and I was just like okay these these subs keep throwing me off yeah there definitely are some typos on there (laughs) I have to wonder if the dear brother subs on Restro Crush are like were like a dry run because they are slightly different okay, from the Blu-ray subs. They are. Yeah. They seem to have fixed some of the issues from when it first went up with the truly catastrophic timing issues. They seem to have fixed that a little oh, bit, God. but around episode eight originally, it was the sub timing was so messed up that you would have subs firing off while no one was speaking. Oh God! Nice. Oh, it's like trying to watch The Untamed on Netflix. Oh. Or I I was thinking trying to watch the uh, JoJo OVA DVDs subtitled. Uh, Sorry, I never have these problems. Yeah. Yeah. You do do not relate. (laughs) Uh, Poor Mariko, I feel so bad for because she is now the trope that, that will go on to exist after her in perpetuity of like the quote-unquote real lesbian in that she's very frightened of and disgusted by men in a way that suggests we're definitely going to hear some trauma about that later but it it is interesting because like i did have the very uh, maybe this was a sleep deprived thought at one point while watching i was like dang if mariko existed in modern animated day someone would be like mariko's a bit of a turf and like a bit of a man hater because i was like oh no oh no mariko you're playing into a really hazardous trope but i have to imagine at the time like mariko was probably a really refreshing take on a character who like she's fully on board with like being okay with liking women or like people who present as women and it's it's I, I, the man hating was a little like, oh no, Mariko, oh no. I know there's some trauma there, sweetie, but like, we gotta get you to, we gotta get you to a doctor to work that out. <laughs> we gotta get you, get you moving through that, cause. She's just so turbo gay teenager that she just can't even, she's just like, I cannot even handle the thought of someone being attracted to a man. And I'm like, Okay, you're a teenager, you're very gay, I understand. Yeah, like, that's kind of how I was approaching it. Like, you obviously just have that moment where all men are evil. Like, that that can happen. I understand. But gosh, just chill out! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it, I mean, it does, um, there was some kind of line she dropped there with, um, in reference to the, you know, all men are wolves, which gave me uh, pink lady flashbacks of, of that just as like an expected, if we take this to still be said in the 1970s saying of like, you know, the she's also not entirely wrong vis-a-vis the rape culture of the 1970s. Yeah. And also, you know, just going back to Mariko's story that, you know, we got a, at least a little bit of a hint about. Uh, you know, her dad is apparently 
kind of a piece of shit from what it looks like. So I can understand that there is some that her her perspective is informed in yeah. a way. And I suppose there is like mm-hmm. the fact that as a teenager, I don't think you have the nuance to like that that you just do as an adult. Like that's a natural thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I maybe I should actually cut Mariko some stuff. Yeah. I have to confess that I actually really related to Mariko in that scene of like me at 16, because there is, I think when you're queer and have crushes on your straight friends, uh, there is that where you get annoyingly over defensive because you suddenly feel very, very vulnerable and transient, you know, as though your affections are always going to lose out, even if it's on a friendship level. Uh, with with the prospect of a heterosexual relationship, even if it's one that that doesn't have the effort put into it, so I really felt for her, even if hashtag not all men. Yep. No. And again, I trust Takeshi as far as I can throw him, but also I'm very nervous because I feel like I don't know some of the setup for those scenes where at the end of that that thing he was like i like her actually i was like please don't let them end up together please i'll die i'll die and i'll kill something i just took that as he wants to be stepped on (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) by the way speaking of that episode uh can i just have a shout out to spirogyra yeah i'm just saying spirogyra great 90s um easy listening funk rock band um took me back (laughs) It wasn't Spirogyra playing, by the way. It just felt very Spirogyra. It, it yes. had the mood of. Nice. Nice. Poor Nanako's having a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. She's having it rough. Nanako's oh. going to be afraid of closets, storerooms, water. God. This, this is not a nice school for this poor sweet child. You know, with luck, she'll actually get therapy rather than anyone else in the show. Everyone needs therapy. I'm just saying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm ca- I'm cashing in my my second oblique Utena references to to say that the uh, the train crossing phone call scene with uh, Fukiko and Nanako has big episode thirty three vibes. Anyway, <laughs> but they really ramped up the doll imagery with Nanako in this set of episodes, and it did break my heart. Yeah, as you as you go through the whole show you're going to start to see more and more what the imagery in the opening that at first looks entirely unrelated is actually about. And I think you're at the point, we're all at the point where we can start to notice that. Mm-hmm. There was always the the doll imagery with, with Rei having one, and now we know that she probably got it from Fukiko. And we have Nanako's growing insecurity where at first that was like a nice thing where ray sort of singled her out and had a special nickname for her but now she feels you know discardable as as the quote-unquote doll she's not somebody that ray considers worth her time and attention or worth fighting to hold on to and the scene where she just sits there in that white dress that she gets after i call i call the date scene uh, i and now she is a woman (laughs) that's kind of how that yeah that's a good way to call it and uh, my, I was watching this with my partner who, uh, who while we were watching that scene where she finally ha- sits down and cries because of course she did. She's having a horrible time. My partner chimed, if this, uh, if this were a, uh, a European art movie, she would get her first period now in that white dress. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. So true. Yeah, Nanako is just not, thank god that didn't happen because like Nanako would really be having a bad time. <laughs> It's just so sad because she like she is trying to grow up and the situation is not healthy for it in many ways. And also her parents are still treating her like a little girl and have no, you know, that's I think what's so authentically teenage is that sense of adults don't understand the emotional turmoil of teenagers can seem so trite and petty, but this does it so well. It really does. I am still just constantly shocked that an adult man was the director of this. It just, how did this, how did that even happen? How did he figure out this so well? Mm-hmm. An adult man who, who mostly like worked on, uh, you know, masculine type anime, like Ashita no Joe and Astro Boy and like not, I think he did some shoujo, but he was not yeah, a like, shoujo guy. Yeah, like he did guy. half of Rose. 
a little more than half of Rose of Versailles, but... I think it's just like mm. a, you know, penchant for empathy, I guess. Right. That's exactly yeah. kind of what yeah. I was thinking. Like, it just feels like someone who kind of listened and paid attention to, like, you know, the very mm. real interior lives that, like, people experience when they are socialized feminine... And just kind of like translated that into the show and, you know, heightened parts of it. Cause like, I don't know about anyone else feminine, but like, I did not <laughs> go through half of what Nanako did in high school. Um, but it also, it didn't. It, you know, I, I, I guess I was absent the day when like a tall blonde with corkscrew hair decided to mess up my entire life. But <laughs> it feels relatable though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. I like that the, there's kind of this timelessness, though. Y'all, I did have a moment where when Nanako got into some mess with the lake, I was like, oh, God, Nanako, take out your smartphone. And I was like, huh, weren't invented yet. There's this kind of timelessness, though, <laughs> to like what she's going through that's really nice. God, the whole scene yeah. with her getting locked in the room would have been so much easier if she had a smartphone. That's I what mean, I was thinking. I was like, Nanako, like, <laughs> open up the phone app. <laughs> text somebody but also also you know i i mean i get that if you really don't know who the heck has it out for you you don't know who is you know it nanako does not realize that fukiko is doing this to her but i feel like gosh just notice like she's not a good person just please notice like oh i got locked in like i don't know why but i got called to this random tea party on a Sunday. Oh, and I was asked to do this weird chore, you know, uh, errand that no one else apparently had to. And now I'm locked in a closet. Like, what the heck? I wonder who could have been so cruel to do this to me. And like, and it's not like, it's not like she hasn't seen Fukiko do something horrible before. Like, are we forgetting the whole Ikebana spiky accident? Mm -hmm. Oh no, the spiky frog. The spiky frog. (laughs) (laughs) I, it is definitely the closest part where the, the series has come to pushing credibility. Like, so far, mostly I think it's been pretty good about Nanako being too naive. And she clearly is very uh, nervous of Fukiko and specifically of making Fukiko angry. I'd, but I'd be yeah, it's too. like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everyone would be. Yeah. It makes me anxious just, watching this show like, sometimes. Uh, Though I do think about the line where Fukiko said, like, I love your innocence and purity. Like, she mentions that specifically. Fukiko knows exactly that, like, Nanako is this very genuinely sweet, not not still a girl, not yet a woman kind of child. Like, like Fukiko knows (laughs) Nanako's kind of oblivious to, like, the machinations and kind of the way that the world is working within Seiron. So, like, I think that's why she can kind of get away with, like, oh, Nanako, come to the storm at this time, alone. <laughs> like, and go get this teacup at the back of the storeroom. And, like, just grab the key. But leave it, like, you know, don't, just take it with you. Take it with you inside and, you know, don't look back. Don't look back, Nanako. Just get the teacup leave- and don't look back. <laughs> Yeah, leave leave the padlock half on the door. Yeah, like, Nanako, you, you silly, silly, yeah. foolish child. <laughs> At this point, I am just so detective hat on because I have watched anime that were made after Dear Brother that at this point I'm just looking for what is Fukiko's damage. I keep trying to call her Fukiko. Oh <laughs> um, what, what is Fukiko's damage that, that I was watching that scene like all right, well, she was only planning to lock her in there for a couple of hours, and then she'd probably have discovered her and let her out. So she'd be fine, because clearly she doesn't want her to go to that fair where her yeah. brother is. Uh, but also, Fukiko, no, stop yeah, that's it. That's not how we handle our, our, our feelings, Fukiko. <laughs> like, Oh, it's not okay, but I'm fascinated by the way my brain is desperately trying to engineer what has to be a deeply tragic backstory for what for for this human monster we've been presented. Because my god, she's horrible, especially to Ray. I yeah. die. I y'all when when Fukiko was like <laughs> You're invited to my birthday party. Like, oh, thanks, eldest sister. How gracious of you to allow me to come to an event. 
like it was so oh god and the whole party is just like oh jeez oh no <laughs> like hell do you think, i was do you think she cut those violin strings and everyone stayed for like extra hors d'oeuvres <laughs> i mean they tried they tried for like a quick hot second and then they were like no nah, no nah, this is the vibes off the vibes off i don't know <laughs> <laughs> was there cake I mean, like, can i get to, that like, to go can someone get me, like a fancy saucer of cake and like some of those snacks, please. I'll eat them on the train right home. <laughs> oh, they all drove. They all drove and they were all drinking. Oh, that's true. That's true. Not that yeah. that would actually have stopped anyone from driving home back in the 90s in Japan, but, you know. Yet again, this whole series just makes me wish that Ray were lucky enough to have more people who actually cared. She is so tall and yet so small. But she's, she's laughing now. That's good. Ray's laughing a lot more. That's I'm good. glad that I'm glad that sports yeah. is um, fulfilling her. Kaoru's got to yoga her out of her depression. <laughs> and yeah. to not do it. Kaoru's got to be careful with that yoga, though, because, like, one more hit to the chest. <laughs> and it is <laughs> over. It is over. When they said, live like you were dying, Look, this is Kaoru not what they meant. YOLO to be very serious. <laughs> like... <laughs> it, it does... It does hurt my heart that both Karu and Nanako are trying so hard to take care of Rei, and they are each just a little bit unsuited in a disastrous way. Like, Nanako has no idea about the history there that would be very helpful to her, and Karu has her own baggage such that she is just trying to force what works, what she has decided works for her onto Rei. And if you would just do this, then you would be fine. It, it does hurts. feel very much so like teenagers, though, trying to help other teenagers and like their peers. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. deeply like, real. This was this was high school. <laughs> it's just so sad because they all they really care about her, and but she's not she's not better. She's a little she's better. A little better but... up until that scene where she gave Nanako a cigarette that like oh that my lucky, god that lucky strike unfiltered messed Nanako up. Like, I want a cigarette that does that. Like, was, <laughs> just I mean, one puff. I was like, did Nanako do a weed? Because like Nanako goes, Nanako starts floating, and I was like, or did Nanako inhale too deeply? <laughs> like she's lightheaded now. I don't. I mean, I don't think cigarettes do even that. I mean, I've never smoked, so like it's still got like this mysticism around it. But I agree. I don't think cigarettes do that. And I mean, even if it was laced with pot, it wouldn't be that immediate. No, I can't think of pretty much anything that you would easily smoke that would make you suddenly have hallucinations of the person who gave it to you playing piano with a devil mask on. Like, my God. <laughs> so, so good and dramatic. So good. She can be your angle yeah, or your devil. letter to like her brother. Dear brother, today I smoked a cigarette that really got me lit. Like, <laughs> Jesus Dear brother, have you ever done drugs? <laughs> okay, that scene is so heartbreaking, though, because it's like cycle of mm -hmm. abuse shit, where Ray also decides to just peace out without responding to anything, like, just like her sister, and also decides that she has decided Nanako is not allowed to change because she liked the feeling that their relationship had and it was comforting to her, but also she doesn't have to commit to anything, just like her sister. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's uh, not good. It's not healthy. No. Ow. And then Nanako's just kind of like, I trust this person. I'm like, no. <laughs> what makes Listen, you? If I had known a girl like Ray in high school, I also would have been just oh, yeah. lethally. Oh, for yeah. sure. Look, I was, I was smitten. I was smitten with the school goth, like, completely. And even I knew I should not trust a single thing she said. Look, we all have weaknesses. And, like, 16-year-old me would have been like, Ray shattered my heart. Yes! <laughs> 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 I'm just gonna keep it real. Like, and now I'm even sadder that Ray is definitely not going to live oh, we to the don't end know of the that. series. Ray... No, she's going to There's die. Gonna Look be at, at least her. a couple of deaths. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, 
I feel like Ray's got like a little character, like kind of plot armor, maybe. Uh, but Ray probably gonna die in the finale. <laughs> I just <laughs> like it's not helped by the fact that she doesn't. In this episode, we have not one but two characters who uh, threatened me with visions of faceless men in their dreams. I felt threatened by those scenes because both. It seems like both Kaoru and Fukiko had. Uh, tall, broad-shouldered men who were deeply impactful on their journeys through life, what they choose to do. I'm sure that there will be tragic backstory in those. Also, if they're both Henry, oh, I will lose know, my shit. Bri, you already know, Don't even pretend. We all know it's Henry. Mm. We all know it's probably gonna be Henry. Uh, he can't... I just... Look, the one good guy in the this entire universe can't also have inspired that many... I'm, I'm- Young I'm bisexuals. Just guessing it has to be Takashi. It has to be Ichinomiya. Oh, that would be interesting. Right? Like, dude, mm. I mean, you, you said it yourself. Um, dude drives an open top car. Yeah, that is true. Hemi's <laughs> just probably saying, like. Absolutely lo- nothing. Hemi's probably <laughs> just like Nanako, just kind of along for the ride, going like, all right, this, this is kind of weird, but all right. These no- these nice young ladies seem pleasant. I hope they're having a good time. <laughs> Hemi. I'm sorry, not- Hemi's more, more more Tomoko, I guess. <laughs> it's like a lot of the ride. Hemi. Yeah, all this is happening. I, I, all right, now I'm coming around to Hemi as just like blase. <laughs> That's actually away. my favorite reading of Hemi. <laughs> just just there. I like these girls. I would like to be supportive of them in a completely appropriate way. I hope my friend isn't doing anything to endanger that. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, y'all, but take your bets now on Fukiko's whole deal. Well, it's hard to say what her whole deal is, huh? You have that we have a lot of details though this you time you have, from now though. Yeah, you have to factor in um the the, the mom is dead. Yep. Ray, um, Takashi and Fukiko's mom is dead. Or no, 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 no. Uh Ray's mom is dead. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Takeshi and Fukiko's mom is mom and dad are somewhere, presumably alive. Yeah. Not Ray's doing mom a good job dead. for their kids. Yeah, because like Ray, Ray nope. had to like have de- a dead parent. Like t- this storyline was not going to let Ray escape without one parent being absent. Like because I mean, look at her. I mean, Fukiko's got <laughs> Fukiko, much like like a, a really a really good like piece of baklava has layers. Like I mean, there's just the on the surface, you know. The, the mannerisms, the cattiness, and then you get to, like, go drowning somebody almost. And you're like, oh, I don't really know what's going on here. But, like, it's not good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Did did Fukiko and Rei accidentally drown their mom? With, th- with that smile Fukiko gave Nanako, that is fully possible. <laughs> like, that smile she gives her as she is dragging her to the depths, like Ursula dragging Ariel down because she broke some sort of, like, witch curse. Yeah. Yeah, they- I- Fukiko killed her mama. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Look, it was just a little bit of drowning, and then she saved her, and now she's dependent she, on her. She Isn't smiles that great? when Nanako's foot is caught in a branch. She's like- Hey. Yeah. yeah, there we go. And then she's like, "Okay, enough oxygen deprivation for today." <laughs> can we? Can we also can we talk about the little real of that Fukiko's hair stayed the same as she was underwater? Oh my god! Which right. how much? How much hairspray Witchcraft. was that? I don't, I think you'd have to go full cosplayer and be using like watered down glue for that. But even then, you could eventually get it out if it soaked enough. I would know. <laughs> like that was some witchcraft on Fukiko's part. Them them corkscrews stayed the same. They might be buoyant. They were so the same shaped. I mean, that's what makes her a good swimmer, right? It's all in the corkscrews. <laughs> <And> buoyancy. 
Okay, that's how she does her hair. She spirals it around some freaking pool noodles. It all makes sense <laughs> now. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the maid for Fukiko being like, "Lady Mia, here's your fa noodle for the day." Like, <laughs> I love that maid who just wanders in. Like, all right, we need a character who can who can explain the sad backstory of this extremely gothic summer home. But none of the existing cast are going to to be willing to spill. All right, we're gonna need to invent somebody who just really likes talking and immediately written off. Immediately so written off. Packs her bags super quickly. That was Fujiko. Oh my god. Which, frankly, I am willing to accept as a headcanon because uh, I did learn between the last record and this one that apparently Ray's voice actress played Clarice in Castle sure Cagliostro, which has filled me mm. with happiness. Ray's oh. actor did such yeah. a good job in this role. Like, my God. Mm. She's so good. So good. It act- so ah. good. Like this entire cast seems to be a who's who of extremely major 80s and 90s actresses, but her in particular sh- stood out for me this batch. She's just so vulnerable. Also, I've been keeping track of the show is clearly doing something TM with when you can see Fukiko's face versus uh, when she doesn't Mm. have one during ominous scenes. And then they did that to Ray during Nanako's love confection. And it did stab me in the heart. You know what? I forgot that. Yeah, Ray ain't making it out of this series alive, huh? No. There's simply no way. (laughs) Oh no, I made an unintentional pun. It's been... Ray, stone. Oh. <laughs> that's, so, that's so sad. <laughs> it's really heartbreaking. Oh gosh. Mm. Yeah. I don't think. I don't. Honestly, I don't think Ray's making it out of the next stretch of shows, y'all. Like, I don't think. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, we've got. So let's see. The way the show has been structured so far, we had like the first nine or so episodes was about Mariko. And then, like, the next eight or nine was about Ray, And I assume probably the next three or four will be about Fukiko. And then we're going to have, like, ten episodes left. Um, and I think we're out of major uh, beautiful women with damage. That is, is it Tomoko so... time? I would love a stretch of arc, like, a stretch of episodes where Tomoko is just trying to make heads and tails of, like, what is going on. Just listening, going like, and and then Fukiko did what, and Mariko did what, and who this who's this Takeshi guy? What? <laughs> Tomoko is so good. She's such a good friend. This batch. She's just. We all oh. deserve a Tomoko in our lives. We really we do. do. We do. I I'm I'm making my so own good. slightly oblique Utna reference and saying that like she's like Wakaba but better. Much better. <laughs> I was about to say, Wakaba is clearly just Ikahara looking at Tomoko and being like, there's no way somebody is in this world is this <laughs> yeah, well adjusted. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. But no, she's just a refreshing <laughs> dose of both normality and niceness. She's just a good kid. Just a really good, sweet kid. Tomoko's gonna go to college, like, get some get like a degree in business or something and you know 10 years on everyone's gonna be living some lavish drama filled celebrity lifestyle and she'll just be like yeah and i'm just uh getting i just got promoted to manager and i'm doing pretty well for myself i'm thinking about starting a family and everyone else is like wow imagine that (laughs) imagine family (laughs) (laughs) when you're the one heterosexual friend it's like, yeah, I just started my 401k. It's it's looking pretty good now. <laughs> I really I really want to see like the sequel to this where Tomoko is just like living life. And it's like, you know, high school had some rough spots, but came out of it okay. Doing pretty well. <laughs> you know, you make your real friends in college. And, like, the show itself would just fall apart without yeah. her because we need those breather, like, hopeful moments. You absolutely need the levity that she brings. And, he, uh, it's good, actually. It's 
good. Y'all, I don't know if you know this, but it's the really show is good. Like, I feel like that could be the entire podcast. Just all of us screaming, this is good. This is good. Watch it. Here's some content warnings. This is good. I mean, and I'll say hot take, like in the barren desert that is winter 2021. Tw- oh, God, we're in 2022. And winter 2022's anime season like this, this is a buffet. This is good. I have fallen behind on every seasonal anime right now. I am just, I'm watching Dear Brother and I am watching the uh, Modao Zushi Donghua. And uh, that's my life. You're not missing out on anything. Um, Well, you know what? No, no. You are are missing out on some good stuff. I mean, Miss Croitz is really good. Listen, I'll catch up on at least two or three things, but. And World's End Harrow is pretty good. I was going to say, what what, I is was gonna it say, whatever Giacchio. that one is with all the sensor bars, that looks pretty wild. It's, it's, it's great. It's great. I cannot believe that that was put on TV. <laughs> Anything You'd goes. be surprised. <sighs> you know what you don't have to censor, oh. though? Your love for dear brother. It's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you really... I, I was about to say, Peter, I'm going to tell you to cut most of this, but that was a beautiful transition I back. I bring it back to the topic. <laughs> I... Heck I yeah. Just, yeah, this... I mean, this batch was good. Like, lots of character growth. Lots of little happy moments. Lots of dramatic moments. PTSD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, and at a certain point, I stopped trying to keep track of what was an actual reference to cap to classic literature and what is stuff that got invented for the show like the uh the wanderer of love they they did have uh you know that shakespeare uh sonnet though the the famous one sonnet 18 there we go and that fukiko recites in full which is an interesting choice and then cries dramatically about it i really Someone maybe, help her. Maybe someone needs to just give Fukiko a hug, actually. Maybe, like, uh, like a cool-down hug to, like, remind her, like, you have done a lot of things that weren't very nice, Fukiko, but, like, you two can become a better version of who you are. You can. You can. That's very forgiving. I did want to... Mm. <laughs> Listen, in this show, you gotta set the bar accordingly. You were saying... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was going to ask you guys uh, about, I always see pinwheels in uh, in anime, and I never think too much about it at, beyond just like summertime, summertime of youth, innocence, transience. Is there symbolism I'm missing? Because they're, they feel really crucial in that scene between Nanako and Henmi. I would say, like, I mean, pinwheels just kind of feel like an innocent thing, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. children play with them. People, like, you, we, we're all kind of encouraged, I would say, pretty generally to, like, see them as kind of a socially childish toy. Um, and, like, as a socially kind of childish item. So, like, I would say, like, innocence mm-hmm. for sure. Good old, good old pinwheels. Mm-hmm. Good, good old pinwheels. pinwheels. Can I, out of absolutely nowhere, bring up what one of my favorite little things that appeared in the background was? Go on. When we're entering into the uh, festival, and they have all of the posters for things there, and one of them is just the RoboCop poster, except two letters are flipped that says BoroCop. Yes! I love BoroCop! <laughs> I have no idea where I would logically fit in BoroCop, but I have to say, I love it. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. By the way, I am uh, putting here in the uh, the recording chat a link to Anno uh, drawing and geeking out about Mariko in, from the Evangelion Laserdiscs. It's very oh, yeah. cute. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's totally on purpose, gang. Actually, that I after I saw that, I was thinking a lot about... Now, as much as I love Evangelion, and it was pretty important to me and remains so i think you know we did a whole watch along you can go hear my long-form feelings about that show there uh it does now kind of kill me that that show gets a lot of credit for you know sort of mainstreaming psychological uh complexity and uh you know psychological trauma to anime because in fairness it kind of did it was the one who had a lot of people actually copycats and influence yeah but like 
Dear brother is here. Dear brother representing the long-standing issue of shoujo does a thing and it doesn't get credit until a series aimed at dudes Hate does it also because <laughs> like yes this is a melodrama but for 1991 particularly it is surprisingly psychologically oh, sophisticated yeah. oh, it's got layers like an ogre like this. <laughs> right. the chocolates sorry <laughs> onion <laughs> chocolates <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would really be happy like if more people because like i i will say like as someone who hasn't really revisited a lot of older classic series until kind of actually coming aboard on it at anime feminist like it's really good dear brother is good i almost just called it good brother because it is it's good brother um, but it, it's it. I don't. I, who knows? Maybe there's not a good brother in the show. Um, but like, dear brother is really quite. I can see like all of these strings where other series have taken this deep inspiration to it from it, and it's and it's. I just wish more people would watch it because it's really good. It is actively breaking my heart that even wanting to watch this show i couldn't until now like i know that there is a fan sub out there but even i stopped doing that when i stopped being a teenager and even then it was not one of the more readily available ones mm -hmm. as i recall oh for certain like this series was hard to get and it's it's already got a, a hill to climb to get people to watch it in that it's more than 20 years old and it's a shoujo and i'm so sad good. You know what? This has become the evolution of the battle cry of do go buy Dear Brother right now if it seems at all interesting to you uh, before that license runs out because Ikeda. Like this is, is this is easily I can I and I like I hope it doesn't come off cheesy saying this. This is probably one of the best anime I've ever watched. Like it's easily top 10. Mm -hmm. Like I mm. mean it's 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 good. Yeah. Like I don't know that I, you know, obviously we're only two thirds of the way through. I'm not prepared to call it better than Utena, but Utena doesn't exist without this show for sure. And the it's correct really choice of good. action is to watch them both. Yes. Good. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, this episode's a little bit loopy, folks at home, because we are all going through it uh, as just we record. To, just to put this into context, uh, this is the day, uh, this is uh, Daylight Savings Day as well. Uh, so we're sleep deprived, and we are going through our own personal demons. Sure am. Wink. <laughs> yup. Boy, howdy. But you know so, what? So I Maybe am next sorry. Arc, some of those personal demons will have been resolved. Yes, a peek behind the curtain. Another peek behind the curtain for folks at home is that when I approached Diana about doing this uh, podcast run. I said, you know, do you have any suggestions about how I should break up the episodes because of kind of deciding whether it'll be five or six or what have you? And what she said to me was, the only thing you really have to do is that episodes 24 I, and 25 have I to be together. I so that's going to be. counted on that. It's actually, it was actually the two after that, but we really need to keep the, the lineup for that together because, oh boy. Next section of episodes. Yeah, no. Oh boy. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give everybody yes. some very special content warnings at the end of this episode because I do not think it is socially it is socially responsible to let people go into this without having the faintest idea of what's about to happen. No spoilers. Yes, just I uh, very detailed content now, warning because y'all this. I read Berserk, and some of what's coming up is difficult. <laughs> oh, no. Now, so before, yeah, that is something we really want to include. Before we let Diana get into that, uh, for folks who want to go in completely unawares without even the content warnings, is there anything we didn't want to touch on before we before we head up? Uh, I liked the the sad, sad window bar imagery on Cowra in the hospital. That was that was the only thing I had in my notes that I did not bring up yet. Um, little things. I was surprised to learn that the English teacher has a name. <laughs> yeah. 
I personally really liked it when Fukiko cut the violin strings with what looked like a serrated butter knife. <laughs> Impressive. That takes like, skin. Uh, skill. Like, sis cut that like how I do when I'm trying to cut some bread that's a little hard. It was really good. It was a very funny scene. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like, incredible. No, you know what? I think that was good. All right. I will do our wrap up really quick and then we will have content warnings for the next batch of episodes, which incidentally, if you are following along at home, will be episodes 24 through 31 because this will be a five episode podcast watch along. Thank you so much for joining us, Anafem. If you liked what you heard here, you can find more of what we do on the page and in your earbuds by going to www.animefeminist.com. If you really liked what you heard, consider pitching us a dollar a month on our Patreon, patreon.com slash animefeminist. It really helps make sure we pay our contributors and our editors fairly. We would love to be able to pay them more, and uh, it makes sure that we are able to keep our accessibility standards up to par with things like transcripts for these very podcasts that you are listening to or reading right now. We also have a store, which is animefeminist.com slash store, where you can find very cute designs by uh, Katie Castillo and Nico Neeks on stickers and mugs and shirts and hoodies, and it's very good. You can find us on social media on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and you can find us on Twitter at Anime Feminist. Thank you for joining us. Anafam, and let's buckle up for tears next time. All right, content warnings. Diana, go. The There have been warnings in the past for suicidal ideation. I cannot overemphasize exactly how strong the suicidal ideation and discussion of suicide content warnings should be. It is going to be very rough and very graphic. Please, do make sure that you do not binge watch these episodes. Make sure that you have time to take a break. This is some of the most emotionally upsetting content in all of anime. I still consider this to be one of my favorite series, but I am dreading this get this set of episodes for the um for coming up. Just I just cannot tell you enough how much that is. There is also going to be content warning for physical assault. Not sexual assault, but physical assault. Knives are going to be brought up, and that is also an issue I know a lot of people have. So just brace yourself, take time after the episodes, and if this is too much for you, please know you are not the only person who cannot handle this. Maybe just go and read a summary of any of the episodes you find particularly upsetting and skip to the next one. I, I believe the Wikipedia does have at least functionally detailed uh, episode summaries, so that is an option available to you if you Yes, need it. I went on Wikipedia, actual Wikipedia, to look at the uh, summaries for the episodes in question, and they are detailed enough that if you cannot handle what is happening, you could just read the summaries for 2526 and skip it. I encourage you not to until you've at least tried them. But if you if you have to, there is no shame in it. And if you are watching this uh, on the Blu-ray at home, um, do note that the third disc for the Blu-ray starts on 27. So that just means um, you can watch to the uh, episode 24 on the second disc and uh, skip the last two if you really need to. That is good to know thank you thank you um and so we will brace for it and i will make a note not to binge it like i have i'm so glad someone said not to binge it because i would have been like oh let me just binge it all oh i would have been very sad this is a very bingeable show my god the last it's the last the last time i the last time i did a rewatch i got to one of those episodes i watched it i thought it was just as much of a masterwork as i've always thought and then i paused it and went and hyperventilated for 15 minutes Oh, it's like watching Ava 25. Oh, what a good time. It hurts. Good time. It good hurts time, so gang. much. Uh, Dear brother, the right. tears really well, won't stop flowing. Ser- Dear brother, everything happens so much. Uh, yeah. Has anyone cried yet? Times. <laughs> okay.
Not yet, but mm. I'm hoping. Keep I those fingers crossed. Easily, so I don't know if I'm a good metric. <laughs> I mean, I, I I haven't cried. But, Again, you, you did know, not cry at the end of Princess Tutu. <gasps> no, I will not let it go. That's true. <laughs> Being emotionally dead oh. helps. All right. Uh, thank you for sticking around for this postscript, Anna Femme. We will see you next Thank time. You.